0: Heavenly God and our loving Father in heaven, as we continue our week-long journey here at Eastern Camp, we just acknowledge your presence and we thank you for being with us, for reminding us this week of your holiness, for reminding us who you are and who we are in in your presence, that we are unworthy servants. Lord, help us as we continue to focus on this topic of being welcoming church, a welcoming church, group of people, for your kingdom's sake, Lord, that we would learn something anew, that we would be encouraged with what we learn and take it with us on uh, our journeys back home into our own individual family lives, our neighborhoods, and our churches. Bless each and every one present, bless particularly those that have volunteered to share some of their stories, but all this, dear God, may be to your honor and glory and praise in our edification for this is why we are here in christ's name we pray and ask amen please come in and be seated okay the title is is our church a welcoming community i know yesterday uh, brother bob uh, reminded us that church is not a community we're a body of believers i understand that and so but read it in a context uh, Are we, as body of believers, is our denomination, is my local church welcoming? And so that's the focus and the intent of this forum. Who was uh, in uh, yesterday's uh, forum in the same room yesterday? Great. I left some of the writings here because I think uh, my forum was originally scheduled for Tuesday due uh, due to some personal reasons. We had to move it to Thursday. But I can see Lord's wisdom. Why? Because I think there's a little bit of a connection to what we talked about yesterday. At least I see it. Maybe you don't. My wife is here in spirit and in prayer. She was not able to be with us. And uh, uh, she has been uh, always a good contributor as I bounce ideas on on how to uh, proceed with with this request. As I was approached by the Forum committee, and it's always a challenge when you have a relative on a forum committee. It puts extra pressure. I will be confessing to you that I acted a little bit as uh, as Jonah. Uh, instead of going to Nineveh, I was planning to go to Tarshish. And uh, had a number of reasons why I thought I should travel to Tarshish. The primary reason is, as as I'm always willing to help, as I was thinking about the topic, I said, I really have not much to bring to the table. But I took a couple of days to pray about it and the Lord says, you know what? It's not about you. It's not what you bring to the table. It's what I can do through the body of believers. So I had a commitment that I will at least set the stage. The idea is just like yesterday to get an intera- interactive participation. And boy, for those of you that were here yesterday, we ran out of space of writing things. I actually even left some because I think there's going to be a good connection to uh, what I'm trying to uh, relate to. Uh, first question, how many of you recognize this picture? Okay. So that means that there's a lot of you that don't, and this is a picture of the La Puente Church right. in California. Oh, that's, we don't want that. Yeah. Do that's not going to be good if we... Sorry. Okay. Hopefully it's not going to be doing that. <laughs> uh, I can't connect to the internet here. So anyway, so this is a picture of our La Puente Church in California. And I have to tell you that it's over 300 days a year. It looks like that. Sunny and beautiful. So come visit us and we will demonstrate that we are a very welcoming uh, church. So that's just a little segue. As I was thinking about this forum, uh, how to structure it, I... The Lord led me about in, a, in a three parts. One, I wanted just a personal reflection on this topic, how I understood it, what it means to me, and what can I learn from, from this. The second part, I said, well, why not invite some of the individuals that can maybe share some of their own experiences, uh, particularly if they're not from uh, groups that we're accustomed to, which is typically our families, uh, our friends, our relatives that have uh, joined our church, And then have an open forum discussion. So it's kind of divided into three. I'm going to try to go through my part timely so that we leave a special opportunity for you to participate. And as we were talking about I was talking to some brothers. I said, what were your experiences when a stranger comes to church? Somebody off the street just walks into your church. Can you recall some of the experiences and how did that work for you? And so we stumbled across some interesting uh, things that uh, he said, wow, and these are the brothers that are very uh, well versed in the scriptures. And, and he said, we stumbled on explain, explaining who we are and what, you know, what is it all you know about us, our church. And so as the first thing I want you to think about, if, uh, if you had that experience, what was it like if a stranger walked into your church and simply wanted to know, had question about your church. What was your interaction? Activity, as an icebreaker. In one sentence, I don't want a long sentence, but how would you describe your church? Any volunteers? Huh, it's quietness. Okay, go ahead, Dougie. <laughs> Thanks, Dushan. Uh, we're a very welcoming church. That's the right answer, yeah. <laughs>
1: Just hold the dog and if there's somebody over there. If anybody so, else yeah, wishes to
0: add, okay, we have a way back. Oh, I think I'm going to need some young volunteers here to help out. Yeah, you, you're qualifying. I, I would say we love you. We love you. Excellent. Willie?
1: I would say we're an unwelcoming church.
0: Ooh, okay, that hurts. Okay, so uh, let's see uh, if we can have it. Back here. Ooh, Joe, you're going to hurt your knees. uh, You should sign up these young brothers. All right.
2: I want to set up a hypothetical here, okay? So let's just be patient, and I'll walk through it, okay? This isn't describing the church. This is the question. So this is answering that question. So let's say that there's someone that has come to Christ, and they are committed to, to him, and they're looking for a church, okay? And they're looking for a body of believers. They... Maybe they aren't aware about the practices of the AC Church because they've, they're they not a part of it, right? And they're coming from outside of the church or whatever it may be. And they have, maybe they're reading out of a different translation than the King James. They are not dressed the same way. Maybe they're wearing a wedding band or a necklace or maybe they have a tattoo or something on them, whatever, whatever the case may be, okay? And they come to your church and the first things that, that they hear they just want to come and serve and become a member of the church or, or become a member of the church or whatever. And the first things they hear is, please remove your ring and your necklace. We want you to use the King James translation of the Bible. That's not welcoming. That's basically saying, you need to, you need to change these things or you're not welcome here anymore. And I want to take that hypothetical and kind of bring it to reality because that's very close to the experience that I've had this week at camp.
0: Okay, so this is the last part of the discussion. So first of all, before we get there, I need Bob Varga's chart that we're going to try to uh, keep this, you know, focused on how we maybe step up above that. But I appreciate it. I wanted this exercise primarily to make you think, this is what I used to maybe do, a typical possible answer. We're a small denomination with strong family ties, with Anabaptist roots uh, that originated in the late 1800s. Well, for average person, if it's a non-Christian, maybe even just thinking about a church or possibly a, a Christian, may, you know, totally be irrelevant. So I just want us to to think about, because as I was exercising with this with some young brothers, he says, yeah, we totally blew it. I mean, you don't need to be giving them a history of the church on the first day they, they walk in. Uh, I think two words, welcoming, loving. And so I thought maybe I, I, I need to think of a new phrase or a new statement, I'm abbreviated, but basically a place where we pursue to know and, and portray in words and action our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, it's a longer sentence, but focus on God, focus on Christ, not on the, all the other things that are eventually part of the you know, uh, fellowship. Okay. So I just wanted you to uh, think through this. Objectives. uh, Raise our sensitivity to be more welcoming to outsiders, neighbors. That's the uh, objective. Uh, Our purpose is to glorify God. These are just some abbreviated summaries. And to uh, reach out to to the lost. That's our primary purpose on this earth. As a church, we do a lot of things. Uh, We have scriptural mandate to edify, to teach, to equip, to mentor, discipline, help the needy and so on and so forth, support the missionaries, and that goes on. But how do we connect the things that we do with the part of our primary mission? And that's to reach out to the lost. Uh, to wel- you know, Welcoming, I looked at just the definition, it's basically to receive gladly. Uh, like a comment, I was all, always welcome in their home. So that's really what welcoming means, making you feel comfortable. You know, so that's the important part. So I found in at least uh, preparing for this, I found a strong connection between welcoming and hospitality, because if you're just trying to uh, kind of think of it, what does it really be, you know, means to be welcome? I found that a connection is in hospitality, because that's where we find biblical instruction. So uh, in Romans, Paul writes, distribute the needs of the saints given to hospitality, and that that translation of the Greek of given to hospitality is pursuing friendliness to strangers, uh, not centered only on certain class of people. You know that's, that's what that really means. And Peter repeats it in, 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 in First Peter, and, and in Hebrews we have entertain strangers. I also want to connect, uh, these were mentioned actually uh, in yesterday's uh, forum in, in and in my class, where Paul points out, I have made all things. In other words, he's become, with the Jews, he was a Jew. With the Romans, he was Roman. Not violating the principles of, of Christ's teaching, but that, he might, uh, that I might save some. So that is the objective of the primary mission of, of, of our being on this earth. And then uh, James, as, as Bob closed his forum yesterday, just a reminder that that welcoming goes beyond just the church. It is reaching out. It's not just waiting for someone to come into your church. So this, does, this applies not necessarily just to a, a one group of people or, or a selected few, but it applies to all Christians. Uh, to become more welcoming, uh, I believe that uh, God needs to help us and continue to work in our lives that we realize that during the week, wherever we are, at home, neighborhood, school, or work, that's our mission field. We can't be assuming in terms of being welcoming, it's not just about waiting on Sunday that perhaps somebody's going to uh, walk into our church. It, it, it starts from Monday through Saturday and whatever you are, that we need to realize that this, we are uh, there. It says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So, to realize that the f- mission field is where you are uh, during the week, uh, primarily uh, not being ashamed of the gospel so i think that's the important part being ashamed of the gospel is the first obstacle if, if we're not comfortable about sharing the word of god and with somebody and i'm not saying you meet the person immediately you're preaching a one hour long sermon but if you're ashamed of who you are and and who is your lord and master in your life this is going to go hard how are you going to be then inviting and be welcoming uh the uh francis of assisi says very nicely because there are a lot of those that say, well, I'm not very good in words. But he says, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. I love that that quote. And when necessary, use words. Do we display, is that evidence so that others are attracted? Second, have you considered your own home as an embassy? We're the ambassadors of Christ. What's an embassy? It is a territory of the foreign land on this local territory here so basically if you think of your home as an embassy of the heavenly kingdom where people can find refuge i think it broadens our perspective on how welcoming we can become these are just some of my own thoughts so what i wanted to do is just kind of give you a basic you know that the the issues are really the issues of the biblical principles teaching the mechanics of it may be broad. So what I did is, as I was contemplating this forum, I invited uh, these three uh, uh, groups, if you will, two individuals and a couple to share their experience. We have Brother Zen from Kitchener. I wanted two recent additions to our denominations that are not of our Eastern European uh, family backgrounds, those that have a, a strong connection, a heritage. I wanted to, if they're willing to share their experience, what brought them to our church, to the church wherever they're they're, they're serving. Can we maybe glean some uh, good examples there? Can we learn something from that experience? Brother Zen, if you would come forward.
3: My name is Zen. I came from uh, Kitchener Strasbourg Church. Uh, I was baptized last year, July. Uh, Approximately six years ago, um, I came to a Kitchen of Strasbourg Church seeking for God's presence and His love. Um, initially, when we came, I was attracted by a couple of things. I found that music, worship music, is very beautiful, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, also, I wanted to highlight again the hospitality of the church. We were overwhelmed by many brothers, sisters, and friends that we met. Um, another thing I want to mention quickly is that um, we enjoyed overwhelming choice of dessert at, at each church <laughs> meal. <laughs> um, as a result of that, we've been giving lots of business to our local dentist's office. They. Li- They love us. (laughs) Um, Speaking of, soon after we came, we were invited to meals by many families. Um, Over the course of 6 to 12 months, we made lots of uh, friends and connections with families, family with young children like mine, and family with older children. In conversation, I, I find that the people's are very transparent about their life, from what I heard, the sh- things they shared. Um, and uh, by observations, most of the uh, friends I knew of, they're living a v- fairly simple lifestyle, going to church, work, family time, that's pretty much of all we do, all they do. And I, I enjoy the simplicity of lifestyle, that. so that's part of the things that attracted me, that wanting to know more, Um, why my wife my my life was complicated back then so overall we are well connected Uh, speaking of hospitality I've been consider myself a hospitable person within the context of uh, my culture until later I changed my mind after met some friends from ACC Church my father had, been, had visited us about one month and a half in Canada During his visit, he was invited to many, many families for meals and for casual chattings just... By the time he left, I helped him to pack up the, the luggage I gave him a, a, a Bible as a gift, as well as an album The pictures, contains pictures taken from his visit. And I counted them. uh, 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 We've taken pictures more from he had with church friends he made through the month and a half than the pictures we take as family together. Um, He was expecting, you know, just spending time with my family. And this came in totally surprise, you know, how he'd been welcomed by... My church brothers and sisters. That's impressed him, and thankfully, that he has been starting seeking for God. He's now living in China. So I'm very thankful. Um, Another example a sister from Ohio who took the hospitality to the next level, what I call it. Um, I met her once at a church meeting, um, and she invited us a family of five of us, to Ohio over a baptism weekend. She prepared lots of uh, homemade gourmet food for us, even though we just met once. And he, she even let us to stay at uh, her own master bedroom. Uh, I know it doesn't matter what, what culture we are in, this is unusual, very unusual, and uh, I was moved by that. And there are brothers that uh, a couple of brothers um, that I knew of at our Strasbourg church. Um, they once on one Sunday they invited uh, they they said to us, "Can you come uh, for a, a cup of tea after the service?" And I we went. It ended up being a surprising birthday birthday party for me. <laughs> and they prepare lots of food and and decorate their home with a birthday seam. And he did twice. Now, the, this list go, goes on. But what I want to say is our church overall um, showing the love of Christ not just in, 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 my, in lips, but in deed and in actions. A, a few other things I'd like to share that which also deeply moved us. Not long ago, we had a strong windstorm storm um, in kitchener waterloo area. Many houses had their shingles blew off the roof. And we had a section of shingles went missing. Um, I phoned half a dozen roofers around, and nobody was available. Saturday night, um, I posted an ma- uh, email with the a title, a Roof Wanted, to our sharing group. Um, Sunday, one brother walked up to me and said, I'll come to fix up your roof Monday, next day. And Monday afternoon, one brother dropped off 30 feet tall ladders because my roof are very high and up there and steep. And then three other brothers came, got up there, spent about two to three hours, fix up the roof, and was filthy, filthy dirty on, on the clothes, and they wanted nothing in return. And another brother that uh, lived on the same street with us, uh, my wife once called him. He discovered the first kitchen drainage was blocked after we came back from vacation. So he phoned a brother on the same street want to borrow a tool, like the snake things goes on into the drainage the brother not only brought the tool he fixed up our sinks as well he left with filthy clothes again he wanted nothing in return our church friends go above and beyond from my experience lots of things I don't even expect my friends, my own family relatives to do, my church family has done that those for us I also want to speak a little bit more about uh, the resource that we have on the church to support uh, new converts, new uh, uh, believers and believers to grow in, in, in Christ, in spirit. By, by resource, I mean spiritual resources. So initially, um, when I first came, uh, I only understand maybe half of what the, the message is on Sundays. Um, I have a little bit difficulties um, absorb the message. It, it is those casual meetings such as um, small groups, um, the chattings after the service, um, and the Bible classes, and also discussions in when we're sharing meals together, where I had I was helped and uh, gained a lot more um, understanding of the message and the insights from other brothers and sisters. We have a uh, a prayer warrior group that um, we can send a prayer to, request to um, I recall once my youngest daughter had a severe um, seizure condition was admitted to the uh, hospital the nurse has dif- difficulties to get IV um, into her body to get the control and the conditions uh, me and my wife was in the ER room helpless and. I said, uh, let me try to send a, a prayer request to the prayer group. And I got the immediate attention. And the God has mercifully answered our prayer. Those are things that cut into our, my core and my wife's. We have also, especially, we have lots of groups um, I consider very resourceful, for couples, for uh, yo's, for families. Um, especially I'd like to mention and thank the we have a people helper minister, ministry. Uh, they are made. They are a group of uh, brother sister. They are equipped. They are. Um, they volunteered to help. Um, that sing, a couple such as reconcile main marriages, um, uh, children parent problems, and any other crisis. Um, handle all those cases with um, wisdoms, care, and love. Overall. Um, I've spent the more I feel I I had more the more time I spend to worship together to spend time fellowship, the the more I wanted to uh, spend time with the brothers sisters and at at church. Um, The initial welcoming part of the experience did not fade, but only deeper grow into deeper in our relationship. So overall we've been uh, in Canada for 13 years all together. We've gone through um, cultural shock, this newfound faith, and uh, joined the church families. Um, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank the Lord and uh, our church, ACC, um, and and Sisters that um, going through this uh, process um, and transformation, Isn't easy. Um, It takes the willing heart and uh, make effort to integrate into this new society. Our church family had uh, been very supportive and encouraging for me and my family, which has made this process much easier and
0: full of joy for
3: us. I want to thank you.
0: We thank. Thank you, President, for sharing, because this is very valuable information and, he, and uh, experience that he has gone through in his family, because I think he can teach us a valuable lesson more than we can muster ourselves. And Sister Marjan oh, there she is. I know she. Was. Okay, Sister Marjan is from Richmond Hill. Her and her husband have both been baptized there in that church. She's of the Persian background, so I thought, I'd bring a little bit of a mix.
4: Please allow me to pray. Hi everyone. Um, My name is Marjan. Um, I'm from Iran. I've been living in Canada with my husband and my two kids for the last 30 years. Um, um, I have two kids, one boy, one girl. Um, uh, We came to Canada. Mm, as a refugee, and we educated uh, ourselves at the same time trying to um, keep up with the ups and downs of life. And my husband, um, six, seven years ago, um, uh, got to know uh, Mike Savin, And he was uh, introducing uh, God and word to my husband. And my husband is starting going to church at Richmond Hill. Um, It was kind of, at the beginning, it was kind of upsetting to me that, uh, why is he going to church? Uh, It's only Sunday that we have with the family. I don't understand why you're going. And at times I called him "loser." <clears throat> um, but now that I think back, and I remember my behavior, uh, I think I don't think, I'm sure, that it was uh, God's will for him to stay very strong, not to get discouraged and keep going, because at that same time God was working on me, but I couldn't realize anything. And then, one day, he came to me and he said, I'm getting baptized, are you gonna come to my baptism? I thought about it for a long time, and then I said, he said, you have a choice, if you want to come, you're welcome, but I really want you to be there, you're my wife. So I said, yes, I will, all will come. That was the first time I walked into church for my husband's baptism in Richmond Hill Church. And um, as I walked into the church for the first time, I felt like I'm walking into a holy place, that I I felt like presence of God there. I felt like I'm being touched. and on top of all that feeling inside me, when I met everyone, everyone was so welcoming and loving that I thought, "This is how I feel in the church." At the end of the day, I said, "I like the feeling. I'm going to keep coming." Um, the baptism was over, and I was—I um, felt so great with all this positive spirit around me and hugging and introducing as if they knew me for a long time Um, I started going there on Sunday with my husband after that and one day one of the sisters came to me she said "Uh, we're having bible study would you like to join us I said I don't know about that I'm gonna think about it this is in the middle of the week you're welcome it's in our house I said, okay, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to let you know. It was a week after. A night before, I told my husband, I said, they invited me for Bible study. I'm not sure if I want to go. I'm, I'm nervous. I don't want to be in a crowd that I'm not sure what they're going to talk about. How am I going to behave? Um, he said, just pray and, and try to go. It's good for you. So I lie down in my bed, and I was just... Everything is going through my head. I don't know God. I don't know if I should go. I want you to tell me. I don't know. I'm nervous. uh, These people are strange people to me. Different beliefs, even though I never practiced anything before that. And as I'm thinking about tomorrow that I have to answer if I'm coming or not, I fell asleep. And right in the middle, like, I don't remember exactly, but it was like 2, 3 in the morning that I had this vision that a bright bright light in the corner of my bedroom is appeared and a big coarse man voice come through it through the light is telling me do you understand obey? I said yeah I understand obey he said then obey me and that was it. I woke up my I was so um, scared at the same time excited, I woke my husband up I said, this is what happened he said it's okay, go to sleep I think this is um, God talking to you but think it over so I said, I'm going, I called and I said I'm coming to Bible study I went there, I bawled my eyes out as always, I, can't, I get emotional too fast, too quick over everything um, But I attended, and I went, and I enjoyed my time. and said, I'm going to keep going. That's how I felt closer to to even sisters. And uh, we open up to each other. We talk about everything, about uh, help each other. That was the the first time I felt close to everybody, closer to everybody, close to God, because he was with me. And... um, At that few months after that um, I was asked if I want to go to the camp Eastern camp Again I got nervous And I said oh I don't know if I should go I don't know if They're saying a thousand people there I don't know how I'm going to behave there I don't know what to expect Then before I registered The night before I had the exact same vision And the same voice Same words And that's For the second time, for the same vision, I felt, thank you, God, for talking to me, for being with me. And I attended camp last year, but at that time I was not saved yet. This year is my second year, but the first year that I felt, I feel different. First time I came to camp, as nervous as I was, as soon as I reached in the parking lot, I I had peace. I walked upstairs to get my room key and registration and all that. As I'm going upstairs, every single person who saw me in going upstairs, they hugged me and they introduced themselves. I felt like I, I've known these people for a long time. They're all my family. That's how exactly I felt, and that gave me a, a, a peaceful um, day to start. And uh, the rest of the week, I was sitting every lunch, breakfast, supper with a different person. And I felt I've, I've talked to these people before. I felt the, uh, the presence of God and spirit with me the whole time. I felt as when I left the camp, I felt like I'm fueled. And I drove back home uh, by myself. And uh, Brother Doug gave me some CD to listen to. I put the CDs on, and I felt like Spirit is God is driving with me home. All of a sudden, after I think 10, 12 hours of driving, I saw Pearson Airport sign. I thought, when did I get here? (laughs) I just stopped maybe twice, and the rest of the, the, the whole time I drove in the slow lane, I did not speed, but I got there. And that's when I said to myself, this is God working. Thank God for all this grace that without him, I'll be nowhere. Ever since um, I've been walking with God, I've been humbled, guided, and protected by God's magnificent grace. One of the lessons I've, I've learned from this walk is God wants to be enough for us. He wants to be our God, our God who we depend on, because he desires us to ex- experience him in his fullness. It is only as we trust and dependent upon the Lord that we can truly fulfill his purpose for us. My prayer for all is that our lives will be eternally changed. Because we, are, we all know that God is enough. As we go through each day and encounter irritation, difficulties, and heartbreak. God ultimately is asking us, am I your rock, your strong tower? Do you trust me to work all things for good? Do you believe that since I didn't spare my own son that I will freely give you all things? Am I enough for you? Also this week as I'm attending Bible studies and sermons and all throughout my walk, I've been challenged even more To let God, to be my all in all. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sister Marjan. Okay, and so now a few minutes for Brother Joe and Sister Lori. They are not new converts, you know that. So, but and they're from our European background. But what is important here, since we wanted to talk about being welcoming, and not just in church, but also in our community, our neighborhood. Uh, they have a, a pretty good I- interaction in their neighborhood, so I thought it would be a good experience to share. And so a
5: little over 25 years ago, we had just moved into our neighborhood, and uh, I was playing outside with our two oldest children. When the police officer came by, he stopped at our house and he said, get in the house, there's a fugitive on the loose. And so I started to grab the kids, and he said, and you've got to call your neighbors and tell them, because back then they didn't have the overheads whatever speakers that announce that there's a fugitive running around, no automated voice machine messaging. So I rushed in with the kids. I went to the phone. I don't know my neighbor's phone numbers. How am I supposed to call them? And I'll look it up in the phone book. And then I thought, I don't even know my neighbor's name. And I thought, that's really sad. I've lived here a year, and I don't know my neighbor's names. Now, I live in Orange County. It's a suburban area. It's a dual-income families. People leave for work, then they come home, they use a garage door opener, they go in, and we really just didn't have much interaction. And I felt very convicted. And then I thought, but I'm the new kid on the block, why didn't they come bring me cookies? You know, they should have welcomed me. And then I was convicted again and thought, but I'm the new Christian on the block. God wants us to love our neighbor. How can I love my neighbor? And I don't even know their name. So at that point, I thought, I need to become a little more intentional about knowing my neighbor so I can show love. So the first step in this process was, well, how am I going to, now I've lived here a year. You just go up to neighbor's doors and say, hi, you know, I I felt awkward. So um, I came up with the idea of, well, it's Christmas time was coming up. I thought I could make Christmas cookies and no one's going to refuse a plate of cookies. And so I took the kids and we went from door to door. And just wished them a Merry Christmas, gave them a plate of cookies, told them my name, told them the kids' names, and it was the beginning of relationships.
0: So uh, the last one I added is just even communicating with Brother Zen uh, just to add a connection. Those of you in California, you know that in our church, uh, must be what, 20 years ago, we gave up on the midweek services since there would be three members maybe on Wednesday evening due to our, our lovely traffic so we we distribute into three regional areas to have a, a local bible studies uh Wednesday or Thursday depending on a group so we were fortunate to have a ministering brother in each group and we choose our own uh topical study but what's crucial and beneficial as many of our brothers you know and sisters and maybe uh, uh, over the years even yesterday's forum uh is you know there's a lot of reasons why we're, we're, we're you know like we're not uh, having people come, uh, churches are very formal, we're very traditional, and those are all true facts. But you've noticed in, 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 uh, in uh, testimonies that the, at least the, the, the aspect of tradition is there, but it's not the prevalent and it's not the most important part in coming to Christ. What I wanted to highlight is, and I've been doing this every members' meeting we have is here is an opportunity to be flexible, to invite neighbors, to invite friends from school. We've had coworkers, we've had uh, uh, students from school join our, our midweek Bible study uh, of all cultures, uh, of all backgrounds. It's not churchy. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't have these uh, maybe formalized worship aspects that that we're maybe accustomed to. So the home becomes back reminder. Our home is an embassy of the heavenly kingdom. Becomes a beautiful opportunity, I think, is what what uh, Lori was kind of finishing. And, and Joe, it's being intentional. It's being intentional because it is work. It is effort. So I just hope that at least these testimonies have given you uh, some flavor of what does it take to be uh, more welcoming. And you can take it to the level. We're going to have a few minutes to have some open discussion a lot of the uh, maybe aspects focusing on format of the church, and I appreciate that that there's no no, no question about, it. but i I wanted us to get to the root issue of of what is what is our obstacle uh, when I was in Australia, Brother Oscar and sister Helen invited me over for dinner we 've never met before I mean it is that hospitality that sharing a meal around the table in an informal setting that it's a first place, first setting. It is the men's Bible studies, it is the women's Bible studies, it is the uh, basically married couples, it is the young mothers with children, uh, those group studies. But somebody has to take an initiative, somebody has to take a lead, somebody has to take uh, that step forward and said, I will organize this group and I will, friend, I will invite a friend from, from, from work or from school. It is being intentional about what God wants us to do here. So these were some of my thoughts. So as I said, as you looked at this list yesterday, what is so good about our church, as we talked about, and why are people leaving? Uh, Think about, uh, are some of those things that are very good about us also potential obstacles? For instance, if we're strongly uh, European culture, and in, in some sense... That is maybe uh, an obstacle in a way, and so we need to overcome some of these things. Uh, you mentioned already some of the formats, and do we, uh, are we mostly concerned when somebody comes to our church about them adhering to the format, or are they, uh, are you, should you be concerned about their soul salvation? It is not about that person entering and coming, perhaps into your life, uh, family, or or friendship, or church that they ultimately end up in our church. I mean, that's nice. That's wonderful. But what, what, what supersedes the our church? God's church. Am I concerned about that person's soul salvation? Because that's our primary objective. So if we kind of maybe remove these uh, obstacles that are self-imposed, and we're looking of just the barriers that are there, and thinking more about, Let's show the love of Christ. Let's show the hospitality that Christ wants us to have to strangers, to homeless, to, to whatever, different classes, different cultures. I think we will find a way to navigate through some of the limitations we have. Uh, so some of our areas of strength are probably, like, a, like I said, obstacles. So we, to become more welcome, we, we must become intentional. And I, I did not coordinate this with the Lord. I'm Fully persuaded. Mary and I have done the same thing because we've been sharing some ideas with Joe and Laurie. So we have this idea, of, okay, we're going to invite these neighbors this month. And then there's 35 things happens and month goes by. And I agree with Lori. You don't want to become legalistic, but unless you say, listen, this is a priority. Uh, we need to do this. Things just, you know, take over. And suddenly month is gone, two months is gone, and I haven't had anybody in my house. That's where we fail the most. We're too busy. In our lives, and those priorities kind of drop in our, in, you know, intentional level. So, in preparation, there's a lot of you can read about the administrative part of how to become more welcoming church. I did not want to bore us with that. You can download that book. I bought it. Actually, the author is great. Uh, this was a book that I, uh, the other book, uh, an autopsy of a dead church that I had all our ministers read. It's a very good read, so you might want to uh, read that because it teaches us about things that we should be careful about of letting people leave the church because of some of the behaviors we have. And so I trust this author. What I found in the book is very helpful but more administrative. For example, have a good website. Today's millennials, uh, young generation, uh, they want if they're going to visit church, they're going to first look at it on a website. What is this place all about? What is their statement of faith? Uh, what do they have? When do they start? Do they have anything for the children? Uh, what do they believe? Things like that. So I read an example. A website had a, a service that start at 10.15, uh, I think, in the morning. She showed up with three kids at 10.15. At, uh, at she walked in. She was totally embarrassed. The church already started. They changed the services to 10 a.m. and didn't update the website. These are, I call these mechanics. But nevertheless, these are some hints. So if you're in your local church interested in trying to learn how to become more welcoming from a more uh, a practical, pragmatic side, uh, I think you, know, you can find some good ideas. You know, Have the people that would be welcome. When, when a stranger comes, particularly in the larger congregations, when a stranger comes, have a few people trained in... How to make sure that people are acknowledged, that they're there, to say hello. If it's an uh, elderly couple, it would be nice that somebody maybe similar age would approach them rather than some uh, a teenager comes in. You know. In other words, people feel more comfortable with, with their peers. But have people identified and be trained and look out for those things. Um, like I said, website, have, have uh, you know, uh, ability to, to simply explain what our church is but primarily show them that you care. That's so I don't want to spend too much time on that. I'm just kind of mentioning this. If you're interested, you can buy the book and read it uh, for practical reasons. So at the end, uh, I want to definitely leave a few minutes. We started here on, on some, some obstacles, but how, from what you have heard, what we have presented, uh, what are some additional thoughts and suggestions how do we become more welcoming church, home, and the uh, neighborhoods uh, there's a hand over. Can I have somebody help out here with the mics? Would, would you be oh, going? We have okay. Brian has. I can't. I can't hear. Are we uh, a good volume there? Is the battery good? Oh. <laughs> oh, I had to swap the battery. Uh, oh, okay, figures. Sorry about that. Um,
5: I want to propose that being a welcoming church starts within our own church community. So, like internally in our own church. Um, going out to those people who may attend regularly or more sporadically who might not know as many people, might be more shy, and just going up to them and acknowledging them and letting them know that they're welcome in our church and that they matter. And um, when people who come from the outside see our love for each other that we have, they'll be drawn in and they'll want to join. I know it. I see it in my own church, my own youth group. So um, that's something I really want to encourage. Being welcoming starts within our own church community, and then it spreads out from there.
0: Thank you. And just put yourself, if you are visiting a totally strange church for a first time, how, how would you feel about that? Well, think about that individual. Any other thoughts?
6: Uh, Brother Dushko, I wanted to ask a question. Uh, I'm going to leave that for after and, and first make, uh, I guess, my comment. Um, I think I was in the, the forum yesterday here um, about leaving the church, staying within the church and everything. But I think a big thing, too, is we have to realize our generational needs, right? Um, Generation Z, like millennials are not to say that they're far and gone, but the damage is done. What happened within the church happened within the church. We've got to move on. We have Generation Z. 34% of them are unbelievers. They don't have any belief in any sort of uh, religion or faith or anything. We can pounce on that. We, they don't even know who Jesus is. And we have, to show, we have to not only show them but teach them who Jesus is. So knowing that, knowing their generational needs, I think it's a third of them question their gender. They, they question their sexuality, a third, one in three Of generation Z's so we have to be um, determined to reach them and to see that there is a need there but how do we get there is we have to be willing to adapt we have to be willing to adapt to them you mentioned a simple thing like a website well now it comes to my question is how how did you in your church with that last point regional uh, Bible studies or however you had that last point number four how did you do that within your church Because I see three different ways that we can interact through the people that we're given. We have individual lives, how we are, whether we're at work or school, and how we can be intentional. We have families, how we can invite people within our own families. But how do we do number four? How do we be intentional with our church? So how did you do that? Or how did the church work that out with the the Bible study midweek?
0: Well, it took a leadership and a decision to make and make it a, a structured approach and then... Remind everyone on a regular basis, this is our mission field. This is our opportunity. Why are we failing? It's the issue of the heart. We're, we're too lazy. We're too busy. So let's not blame the, the system or blame the church. Let's blame myself for not willing to uh, stretch myself. We had a couple of hands here. Oh, more than two. And those that have to leave, I know there's a choir and other things. Uh, I won't get offended if you step up and...
7: Uh, Brother Dushko, these were some, some very powerful testimonies that were given today, and I'm thankful for them. Um, and I, I would not dare to discount them um, as being somebody's personal experience in the church, um, coming in for the first time in that experience that they had. But um, so, something that I'd like to bring up and, and ask you is that, you know, I would consider our church in Syracuse to be quite a welcoming church. The The individuals there are quite loving, but... Um, for example, um, the, the Sunday school class that I was in, um, growing up, I'm the only one that has converted. And uh, I guess two of, two of them still go to church but have not converted and I don't think are particularly interested. And uh, one of them no longer goes. Mm. Um, and, and likewise, you know, when I sort of see o- over the years the amount of people that have walked in our doors um, and have never come back, I would think that probably uh, around the ballpark of of ninety uh, percent of them don 't um, and i 'm curious you, you know I, I guess maybe maybe to my first point, what in in your view is the um, the barrier that is that is there that um, the, the young people that are even raised in the church and, and raised in the the context of the truth that that we tell them um, and teach them that that is no longer um, attractive to them and, and is no longer sort of speaking to them in their lives such that they want to, to follow after I probably Christ. failed to
0: mention at the beginning, I don't have all the answers here. So, <laughs> so but you know, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, I, yesterday's forum was trying to dabble a little bit on, on, on the surface of that, uh, what, what makes people leave and why. And it's not our, only our denomination. So I think it's the fundamentals is, is the uh, basic uh, teaching. And do the people and the generations behind us see the love and, and, and loyalty and passion in me for my church? And if they don't, why, then, why don't they? You know, so so I, don't ha- I don't have all the answers. I think we had a, so a couple of hands here.
1: I think from the testimonies we've heard, there's obviously some things that are being done very well and good in our churches. There are, and um, I'm sorry, Brother Luke, that you're having maybe some not-so-good experiences. There's a lot of good there yet. Uh, We keep building on it. Um, But we definitely can see that we have, as a church, a lot to work on. If uh, we have our church membership numbers are declining over the years, we know that statistically. Um, if we were doing things right and well, they wouldn't be declining. Uh, so, but it doesn't mean that everything's wrong, everything's not good. There's a lot of good being done. We all have a lot of work to do. All of us not, it's not leadership. It's all of us.
0: I, see, I think it starts at the grassroots in a sense. Even look at Joe jo and Laurie, 25 years, there's only that one lady that came to our church. Does that mean they're failing? I don't think so. Our job is to share the gospel. Our job, uh, job is to, you know, see, you know, sow the seeds of, of truth. Let God take care of the rest. But we can help in many different ways in the church. You know, but we've got to take the, the first steps. I think one more comment and we're going to have to, uh, Amy.
5: Great topic. I think that um, it's got me thinking. And when somebody comes to us and asks about our church or walks into our church, I think the, some of the things we should say is the most important thing. We're a Bible-believing church. We believe the Bible is the infallible word of God, and we preach right from the Bible. Welcome, and tell them that, right? Welcome, smile, and, and tell them that super awesome truth.
0: Thank you. So hopefully that through this forum you have been at least conditioned that when somebody approaches you, don't worry about the format and their dress code and everything. Focus on God. Focus on Christ. He is the reason why we are here and why we come to church. And then all these other things will fall into place. Thank you. Uh, Sorry I couldn't uh, accept all the comments. But I'll be glad to listen to you afterwards.